2: Laura, I'm going to agree with Megyn Kelly about something. You remember Megyn Kelly? She yeah. was a Fox News. Oh yeah. Host. I thought she was super talented. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, she had an NBC show. It kind of went in the tank, and then now she's become a right-wing commentator.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, have you heard about this trad wife? Trad wife. T R A D, like traditional wife. No. So there is a kind of a, a an area of TikTok that's been gaining a lot of attention typically it's christian conservatives women who are trying to make the case that choosing to be a homemaker who cooks cleans and is subservient to her husband is it's not degrading it's a choice and there's this whole uh movement called Tradwives. more than 187 million views on different videos about these uh women talking about being a homemaker and which you know if you want to be a homemaker if you want to be kind of set up your role to support the family in that way i don't have a problem with that like that i i grew up my mom stayed at home my dad worked I think what bothers me about what you just said, I have nothing,
3: no problem at all with anybody who wants yeah, to say and be a homemaker. It's the word subservient. Mm-hmm. That that yep. doesn't really work for me.
2: Yeah, I get that. Um, and not all trad wives have the same views on it, right? Obviously everybody has their own things, but that's sort of the idea that it means by saying subservient doesn't mean that you're like below, I guess. That's how I take it. Yeah. Okay. These women tr- are trying to remake that idea, I guess. Okay. So here is here is the uh, dispute that sort of bubbled over today, okay. which I just thought was interesting. A, a woman who describes herself as a feminist uh, got taken out on a date by a guy, or decided to go on a date with a guy, who paid for everything. And she said... That she could feel uh, the feminism leaving her body. <laughs> Let's mm. Listen to a little bit.
4: Guys, I went on a date this week and I felt the feminism leaving my body. I live on the east side of LA, and if you don't know what that means, it's sort of like the artsier part of LA. You know, it's it's people say it's like Brooklyn and New York. Like, so I go on dates with a lot of men and women who you know live over here. There's always a negotiation about who pays, and that's great. I like to pay for people, all that. But what I will. say... Say is that I sort of fell into going on a date with the most guys' guy I've ever been on a date with, and he's from West West, you know, Santa Monica. He's a bro, right? A guys' guy is usually not my type. Like I cannot. So she kind of keeps going on a bit. On a like a
2: and then she's going to pay it off in a minute by talking it about well. Talk. Me.
4: Organic fashion. So I'm on the date <laughs> with this guy, and the thing about a guy's guy is he's putting his card down. He's paying for everything, and I really just—it sort of activated something feral in me. I'm not gonna lie. So we went kind to of, like another bar. Kind of interesting,
2: and- right? Where where this young woman who had sort of her construct of her ideas, yeah. and then had someone who took her out and sort of so. You can expect that part of the right-wing media world is like, well, you know, this proves it. Like, this is the way to go. Man taking the primary role. The woman should take on the feminine role, which is incredibly cringy. And Megyn Kelly came uh, to the other side of that and said essentially give me a break, that you can find a man who pays and you can enjoy that, and you can also find a man who pays and, like, really loves having a a working uh, woman as a wife Mm -hmm. or they're both feminists, but he likes to pay. Like, there are all different ways to do it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think... We've sort of like fallen into this goofy dichotomy where like, you know, people pretend like, oh, I can't even hold a door for a woman anymore because she gets mad about it. Mm, That's
3: sad. That that bothers me. I think it's nice. I mean, chivalry is nice. And showing some just nice little touches and respect like that, that you're thinking of somebody other than yourself, you know it's polite to do. It's just nice.
2: You don't think it's, like, incongruous no. to have... Right. No. You can be a feminist and be happy that someone held you the door... Of course. ...or, or picks up the tab. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah, just sort of... I have to say, like, I sort of love how... I know, like, these TikTok videos get taken and weaponized for whatever political oh, sure. view yeah. people have. Yeah. But I do really love for the younger generation that they have... Like, sort of an ability to just talk about these very relatable. Like, yes, I'm an L.A. You know, this woman is like, I'm an L.A. Mm -hmm. Absolute, sort of out there feminist. Mm -hmm. And you know what? This feels weird. This feels weird because it feels a little like it's against what I think. And it was also really nice.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's life, right? You can do both. Yeah, I totally agree with that.
2: More people need to be like this. This woman's taking... Criticism, like, oh, you're inconsistent. No. Like, life is re-examining examining your, your beliefs. Yeah. And how about, let's just all relax a little bit.
3: <laughs> <Yes>. Just relax. <laughs> just do yes. what feels right. Yes. Be yourself. Don't put yourself in these little boxes and make all these rules. Just be. Just be. Do you want to know a weird thing that I did about half an hour ago that I still can't Ooh. believe I did? Yes. This is a food-related thing. Okay. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I put my orange that I brought for a snack right. in the microwave because it was too cold. Mm. I didn't want to eat a freezing cold orange and sure. hurt my teeth. Okay. So I zapped, zapped it for it. 15 seconds and it was perfect. And I'm kind of- I Did it can't, bring out
2: like more flavor maybe? Uh, maybe.
3: Huh. It was delicious, but I was nervous to do it. I didn't know what was going to happen. I've never done something like this before, but it was
2: just fine. Laura, you you have taken a leap. <laughs> I know. See? A, a lot of people would Look have been at afraid. Look they at would me. have said, I don't know. You're I don't right. know. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. You did it.
3: That is the highlight of my afternoon, Jason DeRush. Well,
2: <laughs> you told me earlier about your hot chocolate. So, I, <gasps> yes. you know, Chad Hartman is always going on about hot chocolate. He's he tasted
3: it. my hot chocolate. He liked it. He didn't rave Uh, about it.
2: 10 out of 10 that that is going to be taken out of context and used as a bumper for (laughs) Chad's show.
3: Hey, I'm innocent. (laughs) Let me tell you about my hot chocolate. I learned about this in one of my nice, healthy podcasts that I listen to. It's a recipe that Dr. Daniel Amen, who is a world-renowned brain expert. All right. It's a recipe he makes for brain health. He calls it brain-healthy hot chocolate and you buy the raw cacao the c a c a o right. that you can just get online the raw cacao that isn't sweet people use it in baking and whatever sure. it's just it's raw chocolate powder
2: okay organic yep
3: and you use some unsweetened almond milk couple of scoops of the raw chocolate powder And then you sweeten it with chocolate flavored stevia, which is a plant based sweetener. So it's not sugar. So there is no sugar in this hot chocolate. It's dark chocolate. It's all natural. It's organic. And it is delicious. And you say, Sounds so
2: good. Oh, it is. I usually poo poo hot chocolate because it feels like a child's drink.
3: Right. This does not. This feels like a grown up sweet treat. I'm going to make you some.
2: I'm very excited about it. Tomorrow.
3: Are you here tomorrow? No. No. Next week, we'll have some hot chocolate together. I won't be here. Oh, that's right. Well, (laughs) we'll kick off the new year with my (laughs) brain-healthy hot chocolate. Lord
2: knows my brain could use a little bit of a joke. There we go. I love what Guy Fieri is doing when it comes uh, to his empire when he dies. What's he doing? Guy Fieri says that he told his kids uh, the same thing his dad told him which is when I die, you can expect that I'm going to die broke and you're going to be paying for the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> well. And he told his kids if they... Now, Guy has incredible businesses, right? Oh, yeah. He's got his own restaurants. He's got prepared food. He's the got TV the TV show. production, all right. sorts of stuff. If his kids expect to inherit his business, they're going to need some background in training in business and in law. Yeah. Uh That basically, you got to earn it. I like this. I like it, too. Yeah. I do think in our country, we have sort of this, I I wonder where it started, this idea that like, oh, if you have a good business or something, you should hand it down to your kid. Right. Like, should you? I don't know. I expect nothing from my parents.
3: Right. And I think a lot of times, too, you need to consider, does the kid want it? The kid might not Mm -hmm. want anything to do with mom or dad's business. Yeah. You know? But if they do, then yes, they should be properly prepared and trained for it.
2: Yeah, it's, and you, so often, I think it's harder if you have like a big business, right? When you've got like, you know, Guy Fieri has 175, uh, like, uh, ghost kitchens and then 80 regular full-on wow. restaurant. He, it's big. All over the world. He's got a tequila, he's got a winery, like all this Wow! Stuff. So you're like, The kids might, and I know people who have inherited so much money that they don't have to work. Mm -hmm. And I actually know one guy who's really a good human. He's very nice. Mm -hmm. And I think it's sort of a miracle. Because you're like, if you never had to work, and you just inherited off of your parents, like odds are in the favor that you're going to be a horrible person, right?
3: Well, it depends on the parenting. If Mm, they raised him to be a nice, you know, uh, considerate, Good person? Yeah. I don't know that that matters if he has a lot it's of money tough. or doesn't have I think to it's
2: tough if you have that much money where you could just fly anywhere, you don't have to work, you have no obligations, you have a million-dollar house. Yeah. A lot of what we learn is through struggle, right? Through
3: Yes, yes. I
2: yeah, agree with that, I don't too. Know. This guy did it, though.
3: Everybody's different.
2: Yeah, very true. All right, I'll, I will see you next year for hot chocolate. Got it. It's a date.
3: It is a date. Have a great time off.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Laura. D. Rush hour news headlines coming up. Always enjoy this time we spend with Laura every day, right after five. And you can always uh, check check these out on our podcast on the Odyssey app. Drive Time with D. Rush is just what you have to search for. That amazing story of how PJ Flack and the Gophers never gave up on the top football recruit in the state of Minnesota. Also, the Minnesotan who will be looking for love on national TV. And an update on the Twins and TV for next year. All of that straight ahead on D-Rush Hour news Headline. D-Rush Hour news headlines for this solstice evening. Is winter officially tonight? Now? Is today officially winter? Yes. I celebrate meteorological winter, which begins on uh, December 1st. I'm a big record-keeping guy, so I'm already there. <laughs> This story of how the Gophers, P.J. Flex, snagged the top football recruit in the state of Minnesota is amazing. Pioneer Press, Andy Greeter, reporting that the Gophers got an airplane to fly a row-the-boat banner over Coy Perich's high school playoff game in Brainerd in November. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like... You know, this this kid is a four-star safety from ESCO. And within the football program, Andy reports that there wasn't a lot of belief that this guy was going to still go to Minnesota. You know, they thought they got him, like, when he was a sophomore. But then Ohio State, Florida State, Southern Cal all enters the battle trying to get this kid who was one of the top 100 players at least rated there in the nation. And those are football powerhouses. And you think like, well, this would be a classic story. We've seen it so many times. A top flight program swoops in, pulls out the top-ranked player in Minnesota. But Parrich yesterday signed a national letter of intent with the Gophers and said, nope, being able to play in your own state and in front of your home fans, being a hometown kid is going to be very fun. So how did P.J. do it? Was it the, Was it the banner? Well, Parrish said, given his parents the opportunity to see both sons play on home Saturdays is pretty cool because Mason, his older brother, is a redshirt freshman receiver at Mankato. That's a good kid, right? The other part of the Gopher message that the Gophers use when they're trying to get the top home state uh, recruit is the message, legends never die. So the theory is if you're a star player who goes to USC, well, congrats. You're one of a bazillion star players who went to USC. You're a star among stars. But if you stay home, you get to be the guy. Let's hope it works out. Let's hope he is the guy. Um, But pretty cool, especially with a lot of players going in the transfer portal. Not that the U was like exactly lighting it up last season. That we're so sad about some of these guys we lost, but nice to get the win. Another Minnesotan is going to be looking for love on national TV. This time it's a Minnesota native who grew her TikTok fame by talking about her hearing loss. So that is Daisy Kent, Neil Justin, the Star Tribune reporting that she's going to be on the next season of The Bachelor. She's 25 years old from Becker, Minnesota. Uh... Bachelor starts on January 22nd. So she got that cochlear implant and then she grew her TikTok audience. And then ABC is like, hey, you're cute. You got a cool story. Want to be on The Bachelor? Of course, we had Leslie FEMA, who came a little short, so close in The Golden Bachelor. By the way, we tried to get Leslie FEMA on the show. I know Leslie Fima, she's awesome. Like, we're cheering for her, we love her. She's done interviews with all sorts of print publications and the ABC publicists. we're like, no, she's not coming on with you. Whoa, how about that? ABC's scared of me. Do you think the Bachelor public, what do they think I'm gonna do? Like, I'm gonna roast Leslie Fima? Gonna grill her.
1: <laughs> ask her all the tough questions.
2: <laughs> It's all a setup, isn't it? It was a fix. I wonder what I did, right? Like, they must have... Like, do people get transcripts of this show? God bless them if they do. (laughs) A lot of people spend their weekend reading. Just the... Because this stuff, you guys get to hear it, and you get to experience in a visceral manner our thoughts. But there's just something special about curling up with a transcript of the written
4: word. Oh, my God.
2: Anyway. Uh, we're probably not getting Daisy Kent on the dang show either, are we? Uh, she grew up on a Christmas tree farm in Becker. She lives in San Diego now. Uh, 40,000 followers on TikTok. So they'll be competing for the heart of Joey Graziade. I don't know. Joey, who's a teaching tennis pro, who is a runner-up in Charity Lawson's season. Of The Bachelorette. I have no idea what any of those words mean. Twins will be on TV next year, so says former radio guy, now dead-to-us TV guy, Corey Provis. And, you know, he was good on the radio, Provis. New York Times via Bring Me the News reporting that the Twins may be on Amazon Prime. Amazon, it talks with Diamond Sports Group which is the bankrupt operator of Bally Sports, the regional networks. Times says Amazon could invest in Diamond Sports Group. So maybe Amazon bails out Diamond and revives operations. Or maybe Amazon just puts the Twins on Prime Video. You know, you already have Thursday Night Football on Prime Video. We'll see. Corey said uh, the biggest thing is that the blackouts will probably go away next season. So that's good news. You'll be able to see other, you know, Twins fans who live all around the country. We'll be able to see them on Bally. They may be on Bally next year for one more season. Bally just extended with the Wild, so who knows how that'll shake out. But the bankruptcy hearing should be in early January. So we'll find out soon. For sure, they're going to be here on the Big A3L with our new favorite radio guy. Chris Atterbury. Chris Atterbury. Provis dead to us. Atterbury. Now our guy, 531. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to explore the issue of homelessness and something that Denver did this week that I just think is really fascinating, really bold and worth discussing if it could be an option to end some of these encampments that have been such an issue here in the Twin Cities. That conversation coming your way next here on CCO.
1: It is a time of year where many
2: of us take stock of the good things happening in our own lives. If if uh, you have those things to celebrate, but for those of us who are uh, blessed to have some of the some of the basics covered, you know, simple things like being healthy, having a roof over your head. uh, It's also a time of year where you can turn that uh, direction outward for me. The issue of homelessness is something I've always cared about in our community. But over the last couple years, that issue has uh, become more in our face. Right. Largely because of the homeless encampments where homelessness has come out of the shadows. It's always been an issue in our community. But because of our weather, you generally didn't have people living under at least large scale groups of people living under bridges. There's more couch surfing and people really struggling to get by different different situations. The number of people who are homeless in Minnesota, according to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, is eight thousand three hundred ninety three. That was the count uh, from January, the beginning of twenty twenty three and then just released this week. Denver took very bold action. They're trying to provide housing for a thousand people. Denver has a, a. more of an issue with migrants uh, going into that community. And that just made me say, wow, like that's bold action by the community trying to provide emergency shelter for people and try to end the issue of encampments. It made me wonder, what, wh- where are we at here? And I'm so grateful that Ramsey County's Deputy Director of Housing Stability, Kimberly Clemenson. Uh, took some time to join us here to shed some light on what's going on in Ramsey County. Kim, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it.
5: Sure. Thanks for having me.
2: Uh, first of all, when you heard that Denver bought, I think they bought one hotel and leasing another. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that I know like people in your role and in your uh, industry, the, the industry of uh, trying to improve and change and better people's lives have looked at and have been talking about. What do you think about that?
5: Definitely. Um, you know, I I will say that in um, 2020 to all the way to 2022, Ramsey County staff and along with a number of contracted partners did operate um, 4 non-congregate shelters at various sites, including hotels. Sure. Uh, the model, the model was really successful in that encampment numbers did go way down and yeah. our housing placements went up.
2: Yeah. So it, was really it, it, it worked. It worked. Right.
5: Yes, it did. Unfortunately, the funding was temporary
2: yeah it's expensive. It is an expensive solution it's a, it's inter- but but there's also a tremendous cost to the to the individuals who are in encampments and to the wider community uh of having kind of the 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 negatives that come along with encampments so it's an interesting i don't know to me it's an interesting public policy situation where you say, yeah like fixing this is going to cost money, but do we want People just living in encampments in, you know, different parts of uh, St. Paul and Minneapolis. I, I I don't think we do. I don't think we want that. It's bad for everyone. It is. Yeah. I agree. What is the state of homelessness right now in Ramsey County?
5: Well, unfortunately, um, as you mentioned, it's um, increasing. Um, we do have um, two different um, measures. You mentioned one, actually, in January, we have what we call a pit count, mm-hmm. which is it's the point in time count, which it counts the people experiencing homelessness on a single night in January. Okay. It, it counts people staying in emergency shelters, those utilizing transitional housing programs and people staying outside or places like the transit or Skyway. So um, the next pit count will be on January 24th. But um, here in Ramsey County, we did see a huge increase in the individuals that were unsheltered, which was 368 last year. And um, a total, the total pit count for us was 1,680. We do have another data source that's called the Homelessness Management Information System, where we can track services people utilize. So we can track all the emergency shelter beds as well over the entire year. So that's helpful and also, you know, tells us that the problem's increasing. The one thing is that both of these measures are um, under, they undercount, of course, just like a number of things, but. So, you know, sometimes we don't get an accurate measure. And there's a lot of families and youth that, you know, live with other people or like you said, you know, surfing, but yeah, that
2: kind of thing. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And that that does go to the overall housing challenge. And and these are very complicated issues, right? I mean, you're dealing with uh, some people who maybe uh, fell on temporary hard times where it's a job loss or a medical expense. You have other people who have. Uh, mental illness. You have other people who have addiction. So there's lots of different, different challenge. I mean, hats off to you, you and your team. It is a very challenging. There, if you could wave a wand and say, "Let's do this," uh, we would do it. But it's a challenging problem to solve, isn't it?
5: Absolutely. Yeah. No. The it's the entire community actually now the entire nation's problem to solve. Right. You know, mm. we noted. That this um, past year, thirty-four to fifty percent of the people we served in shelters in Ramsey County were from Ramsey County. So that shows you that they're coming from all over,
2: huh. and yeah. we
5: just all really need to, you know, work together to solve the problem.
2: Kimberly Clemenson is the deputy director of Ramsey County Housing Stability. What, you know, how if you had unlimited funds, what would you do? What what can we do to you know, on the one hand, you've got to get people sheltered tonight. On the other, right. the, the next step of that is you're always going to have people who are unhoused if you don't have affordable housing available for people. And, and that's not just an issue here in Minnesota. It's an issue everywhere in America.
5: Exactly. Um, and and Ramsey County has invested tens of millions of dollars in, in um, affordable housing. And so, what we're doing right now is trying to do our best to shelter individuals and fill the gaps while those you know those units are coming online. Yeah. so I think you guys just uh, so just many-
2: approved, I think two days ago, 2.9 million dollars for for affordable housing projects. It should add like another, I don't know 120 or so units to the local supply, which is you know it's it's not as I don't know, is that a lot or not a lot? It's hard to tell from my perspective.
5: I know. It's it's not enough. I'll say that. that?
2: I like that. That makes sense. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Last year, um, I think we did bring online a thousand new um, rental properties, which are apartments, which is great. It's a great start. Um, But we need all sorts of programs across the continuum. So you need the shelter, you know, for people that, like you said, need it tonight. But we also need some transitional programs so people have a place to land where we can find them and get them some services that will help them find housing. Right. So if, if you don't have a place to stay, it's very hard to access services.
4: So I I really makes
5: sense. Yeah. I just think that's really important. And we did a lot of that work as well, um, where we were putting people in transitional um, housing to, you know, work them into permanent housing. And then that funding also was temporary. So
2: yeah, (laughs) it's a lot of, a lot more money. Right. Yeah. Kimberly Clemenson is a deputy director of Ramsey County's Housing Stability. Kimberly, how much of of the, the challenge and from different, you know, different homeless shelter uh, kind of strategists and uh, CEOs that I've talked to over the year years, some of the challenge and some of the attraction for encampments to people is that a lot of our shelters are designed for families and designed around rules. And that there are people in the encampments who simply, even if they were offered the opportunity to go into emergency housing, don't want to go. How much of it is that and how much of it is we just don't have enough uh, emergency housing for people?
5: Well, I think it's both. I mean, I think you're always going to have people who, for one reason or another, are not comfortable with shelters. I think um, there's some other strategies. Um, we started some warming spaces last year, and we have um, we are doing those again this year. Um, and we have seen an increase in numbers such that we are seeing more people in the two months we've been up and running this year than we saw all of last year. Huh. So those are warming spaces where people just come to get warm. It's not a, you know, a, a shelter bed or anything, but they can, um, you know, socialize get warm and then they leave in the morning so you know that's a low barrier option which um doesn't have as many like you said rules and things but it's not a bed right it's not housing
1: yeah (laughs) so it doesn't
5: you know it doesn't solve the problem but it's a
2: strategy uh are you are you hopeful are you optimistic uh going forward or or do you sometimes just bang your head on the wall and say, we're just not funding this issue enough to to really make a dent?
5: Well, I'm not banging my head. We were lucky. We did get a lot of um, legislative money last year. We need more. I mean, I, I'm, you know, everyone knows that. We need at least a, a minimum of $10 million annually to to um, sustain what we have now. And really, that's not enough, right? So we just need a lot more Um, money so that we can be innovative and work with our partners. There's a lot of people, you know, in Ramsey County doing this work. They're doing day sheltering, they're doing evening shelters programs, housing, you know, so many things that, you know, if we all um, are working together across the continuum, we really could make a big dent in the program. We're trying.
2: Kimberly Clementson, I appreciate the work that you guys are doing. And this was really informative and helpful. I'm so glad you spent a little time with us today.
5: Thank you, and thanks for bringing this
2: attention to us. We appreciate you. It's 549. Uh, we'll do traffic, we'll do weather, and we'll come back for one more segment before we hand it off to Henry Lake here on CCL. The weasel is in for Henry Lake in just a couple of minutes, doing the Lake Show. That should be good. Stick around for that. John Hines is in for me tomorrow. Podcast, we'd love it if you pod- That would be the great. I know a lot of you... Many people have been asking, (laughs) what should I get Jason and Dan for Christmas? And, uh, you know, first of all, thank you for asking. absolutely. It's a great question. Subscribing to our podcast is all we really want, you know, whether it's Spotify, it's uh, Google Podcasts. Is that becoming YouTube Podcasts or some change? Yeah, it's changing to YouTube Music. Okay. So. I don't know, wherever you find us. Yeah. Lots of different people. Just subscribe it. Subscribe to it. Listen if you want. That'd be better. Leave a review. I love that. Uh, But you can find us on Spotify and everywhere. And we also have a food podcast, Russia Eats. And uh, Dan is releasing a new episode of that tomorrow. So I'm not going to tell you when. It's at some point. Mostly because I don't know. (laughs) But tomorrow it will happen. Yes. So subscribe to that. We would really appreciate it. I will say, uh, This is my first year, full year on this show. We started in like June, so it's been a year and a half. But it's been an absolute joy and privilege. It's been great doing it with you, Dan. Uh But uh, the listeners have been amazing. The texters have been (laughs) so-so. Some of you need to take a walk. Breathe some fresh air. Uh, Even the ones that are cantankerous, I enjoy. Uh, So it's been really great. I'm glad. uh, It's very fun when I see people out at restaurants or at stores or whatever and come up and refer to something, make fun of me saying, here's the deal (laughs) or whatever. Here's the thing. Uh, But I love it. I love it. It has been so fun, like, having this opportunity to spend time with you guys to be able to explore issues a little more deeply, to goof around and have some fun, uh, do the food talk, do the card yeah. sharks. Like, all of it's been great. We couldn't do what we do without listeners. and it, no. Though we may back and forth and battle from time to time, uh, we absolutely appreciate every single one of you for taking the time. It's pretty great. There's a lot of options out there, a lot of places you could go talk to folks and uh, or listen to you know different radio shows. So for the folks that listen to us, we are could great. not be more grateful. Yeah. And, you know, when I was a kid, growing up in Chicago, I grew up listening to talk radio, to WGN, and to The Loop, FM talk radio. And I dreamed of doing this. Uh, And so to be able to do it and uh, do it with such nice people, uh, it's been pretty great. So thank you for letting me do this. And uh, we'll do it again next year. See you guys next year. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll update our bumper music. It's been about. It's been a bit. Christmas music is good though. Weasel brings you the Lake Show next. His karate
0: lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Haya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs> But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.
1: This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else.